a scripture reading of verses from the 11th chapter of Matthew. Listen for God's word. In this passage, it's Jesus talking. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me. All you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And again, let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I was a little boy, and maybe when you were young and little too, Every once in a while, I'd notice my parents getting ready to do something, especially my father packing a suitcase or, or getting dressed up and such. And I would say, where are you going? What you gonna do? And I was reminded of such occasions when one Saturday I was getting all dressed up and Paul and Sarah, who were really little, said, where are you going? What you gonna do? They knew it was a Saturday. It wasn't no regular work day, and it wasn't a Sunday. Well, I was daddy getting dressed up. And I told them, I said, well, I'm going off to do a talk to parents who have children who have visual impairments. And I'm supposed to talk to them about things they should do as parents. What do you think I should ask, tell them to do? Well, Sarah was about, I don't know, two-ish. And she said, I don't know. <laughs> Paul, being a wiser age of four, said, tell them to ride the carriage in Williamsburg. <laughs> you see, and I did. I worked that into the speech about how, you know, children see things differently than we do. Betty and I saw Williamsburg as a vacation spot to visit that had history and architecture and beautiful homes and let you imagine what it was like to live in colonial days. And that's not how Paul and Sarah saw it at all. There, there were horses and oxen they knew by name. 
Now there were squirrels that would come up to them that they could not reach out and feed, but throw food to. They saw it in a whole different way, and they, Paul especially knew the way to see Williamsburg was riding around on that horse-drawn carriage. Well, that's the question for the sermon today. So remember that. Where are you going? What are you going to do? In the book of Matthew, there are five long talks or discourses, and each one is followed by a narrative, some of the story of Jesus' life. Today's scripture is the story part after that second talk or discourse. Earlier in this chapter, John the Baptist, who was in prison, had sent some folks, some of his disciples, asked Jesus a question. Are you the one who is to come, or shall we wait for another? Well, Jesus didn't say yes or no, but this is how he answered them. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive the sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have good news brought to them. So John's disciples go on their way, and Jesus talks about, to the crowd there, about Jesus, about John's ministry. And that's when we get two kind of unusual short parables. Some parables are real little one-liners like these, and some are longer ones like the parable of the sower we'll consider next week. But to what shall I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplace calling to one another. They played the flute, you didn't dance. We wail, and you didn't mourn. Well, the word parable comes from uh, Greek roots that mean put two things beside each other. It's the same word we get parabola from. To put things beside each other to compare them. Parables present analogies to help us understand. Perhaps you've heard that definition of a parable as a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Well, the this generation that Jesus was talking about, they're the people who've seen and heard him preach and seen him work miracles and yet still didn't believe. He refers to performers in the street playing the flute, but the people don't dance, wailing, and they don't mourn. And then he explains that John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, ooh, he's got a demon. You remember John was out in the desert doing his preaching and he had a, a serious, not quite mournful, but it's a somber message. Repent, be baptized, right? And the Bible also tells us he had, he wore camel's hair. It wasn't like those uh, blazers these fellows wear sometimes, but it was a rough coat and he had an unusual diet. Honey and locusts. Now I guarantee you, if your wife said, you said, what are we having for lunch today? And she said, honey and locusts, she'd say, you could just tell me you want me to take you out to eat. <laughs> or perhaps you'd say, I'm not that hungry. <laughs> and by contrast, Jesus had come, he ate, he drank, he's, and they said, look, a glutton, a drunkard, and worst of all, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. In other words, Jesus had played the flute and they didn't dance and John had wailed and they didn't mourn. 
Then Jesus said something mysterious. He said, wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. And what were the deeds of wisdom? Well, we just mentioned the blind received sight, the lame walked, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Well, did you notice that our lectionary passage that we read, they left off some of the verses, the 20, there are five of them or so, around verse 20. In those, Jesus reproaches the cities that heard good news and rejected it. Whether the announcement of God's presence and power, if it's cast as judgment or as redemption, either way, there are going to be those who accept it and those who reject it. Then Jesus prays, thanking God because he had, you have hidden things from the wise and intelligence and revealed them to infants. That's not a condemnation of intellectual power. That's a condemnation of intellectual pride. Being open to faith is not stupid. It's humility. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Some of the heavy burdens Jesus spoke of were the result of making religion all about thousands and thousands of rules they had. Later on in Matthew, the 23rd chapter, Jesus says of the Pharisees, they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others. But they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. Jesus invited them and us, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. In his prayer, he had said, all things are handed over to me by the Father. No one knows the Father except through the Son. And those to whom the Son, that is Jesus, chooses to reveal him. In other words, the way to know God is to know Jesus. And the way to learn from Jesus is to look at what he said and what he did. That invitation, take my yoke upon you. That's not an invitation to an easy life. Not, you know, crank back in the leather lazy boy chair and take it easy. A yoke is a working tool. It's a wooden piece that connected oxen or other beast of burden to a plow or a cart to something to be pulled. We are not invited to a life of ease, but to the work of God's kingdom. It was true then, it's true now. Many people reject God, reject Jesus, and even make fun of or belittle those who accept him. But Jesus has called us to take his yoke, to take up the cross, to love God, and to love our fellow man, to forgive people who don't deserve it at all, to feed the hungry, to care for people on the margins, to proclaim the gospel, until he comes. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Jesus calls you and me to change. 
If you are content and satisfied, you really won't find much of value to suit you here. But if you are weary, you will find rest. If you feel accused by others or even yourself, you will find forgiveness. If you feel abandoned, you will find fellowship. If you feel disappointed, you will find relief. If you feel hurt, you will find healing. And if you feel misunderstood, you will be known as you've never been known before. Known, loved, accepted. So, where are you going? And what you're going to do? Thanks be to God.